0: you could stand that half cut and rep better than these guys looks smart, him, and it's
1: We're back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are here recording on a Saturday after the Celtics finally managed to get a win, and we're joined by Danny Hanley, the self-proclaimed best basketball brain in the business. Is that correct,
0: Danny? That is, as I would humbly say, 100% a fact. Okay. So I, I just know basketball. It just works. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: sure. So, for reference for those listening, Danny is our friend. He's on within heckling distance with us. He does his own podcast, What are what are the odds? Uh Danny, how many Celtics games have you watched this season? In full? Uh just in general. In general. How many have you tuned into?
0: Just I'm, to clarify got, to the audience. Is there a specific um like threshold I need to clarify I tuned in for? No, no. I'm just this is just curiosity.
1: we're, we're going to let you spew as many, you know, ideas as you want it's just this is just for clarification for the audience listening
0: um i mean, they played around 30 games i've probably seen bits and pieces of about 20 okay that's fair enough i got i guess uh so yeah danny has been
1: clamoring us to i don't know if that's the right word he's been banging us to come on the show cuz he has some uh interesting ideas for trades and how the Celtics should be better uh and there's one in particular
0: i know you want to get off your chest so i'll let you start with that well, here's the thing. I just am not a big Daniel Tice guy. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Tice is blocking the way. I think he's overrated. The man misses too many open threes. He hit one last night. Mm-hmm. He did. A big one. Uh, let me tell you, my balls went into my stomach. I was fucking terrified when that ball was in the air. Mm-hmm. Also, since when This – I'm, I'm going off on a tangent – since when can the ball hit the backboard, the top of the backboard and go in? I thought mm-hmm. that was out of bounds. As long
2: as it doesn't go over. Yeah. That's a stupid Or one. or if it hits so like not in the NBA, but or like let's say it hit the shot clock or something like it, you know, if you're playing in like a rec gym or a high school gym, they had the thing that, you know, they raise the basket up sometimes mm-hmm. and if it hits that, then it's out of bounds, but it didn't hit anything, it just hit the top of the backboard. So mm-hmm. Weird rule. Okay. I, Oddly I, I enough, don't. I was at work yesterday when I was watching the game, and uh, I was like – I was I saw that happen. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And, like somebody thought something was wrong like in the news because I work at a news <laughs> station. And they're like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, oh no, no. I'm just watching, watching the game. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. No, yeah. It, it can hit the top of the backboard. But regardless, Daniel Tice hit a big three, Danny. Um it hit a massive three. Mm-hmm. Daniel, Daniel Tice big game him. yesterday. Huge game. Jack, can you pull up his three-point percentage on the
0: year? I can, yeah, I got you. Continued so, it. something I've noticed is when Kemba goes, Tice goes. That seems mm. to be a contingency. You know, my basketball brain's picking up on it. I'm looking at, I'm saying, okay, here's the thing. But I'm just not a Tice guy because I'm a big Robert Williams guy. I think Robert Williams isn't getting enough minutes. I think Tice is kind of blocking the way. I think Tristan Thompson sinks. I think I think we pretty much think it's center. But that's just me. That's just me.
2: Already. See, I would disagree. I would say Thompson's blocking the way, not Tice. Yeah, yeah. I think Thompson's your problem. Because you need two centers on the team regardless if Williams is in the game. No, I'm not
0: saying just, like, have one center. That'd be stupid. Dude would get hurt and we'd be fucked. But But the reason – I don't know if you've seen this. I actually saw this today. The reason
2: Robert Williams isn't seeing as much minutes now is mm -hmm. because, one, they plan to extend his minutes later in the season. Two – He has some kind of artery condition where, like, if he plays too much, he could end up having to need surgery, and they don't want that. So there is a reason behind it, but, uh, yeah, that's a good point. He's been really good. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I've always been a Robert Williams guy. I didn't know him when he got drafted, but kind of love the name Time Lord. Kind of my guy.
1: (laughs) Daniel Tice shooting 38.2% from three on the year. So very good.
0: Very, How many very, very attempts?
1: Good.
0: How many How attempts?
1: Many attempts per game, he's taken uh 3 a game, 2.2. is 2. 2. The most of his career though. So, pretty solid there. 2.2
2: 2 too many if you ask me. He's making a good percentage of them. <laughs> there there was a point this season every time he shot it I thought it was going in. Mm-hmm. That that's like a very like upper echelon. Not too many players meet that threshold for me. But he was in there for a little while, which was nice.
0: My other thing with Tice, and this is me just being, you know, the basketball brain that I am. Um, (laughs) When I look at a center, I want him to kind of command, and I feel like Tice doesn't have that commanding presence, that threat. That I'm not, I'm not scared of him. Like if I went up to Daniel Tice in the street, yeah, he's like probably like a foot taller than me, but I'm not scared of him. I could look him in the eye and say, "Hey, he doesn't scare me." I want that from Mm -hmm. a center.
1: Mm-hmm. I got you. None of the Celtics should centers be scared. Are...
2: How many blocks per game does he have? I know he had three yesterday. He had a big block on uh, Jeremy Lamb or Brogdon. 1.2. He's averaging yeah, 1.2. Yeah, he's, he's a solid shot blocker. He's probably Williams the best Better.
1: best overall defensive center on the Celtics Yeah. outside of this current run Robert Williams is on but it's inconsistent. So. Yeah. Daniel Tice, dude. He's probably overall the best center on the Celtics. Maybe not right now but nah. as a whole. He's nah. like I think it's and it's not really close.
0: I don't know. You guys can spit facts at me all day. You can give me stats. You can give me numbers. I am a noted eye test man. If don't he lie. doesn't pass the eye test, they don't, he doesn't pass it. My eye, eye test play is play on the prestigious. Team yesterday. Uh, maybe maybe. Yesterday. We're wrong, we're be better. Double okay, double, cool. Yesterday. <laughs>
2: there was a Brutal. stretch where he was the third best guy between uh, behind Tatum and Brown before Kemba got back. He, oh, don't he worry. Was I'll
0: get three. Tatum and Brown. Don't you worry. No, Daniel
1: Tice, this is the thing. This is where this stems from. Let me explain. So Danny is chilling one day. I'm watching the game. I'm complaining. I'm like the Celtics stink right now. Danny tunes in for, I think, two possessions against the Suns. This was against the Suns. Daniel Tice got two back-to-back shots and two back-to-back possessions, and he missed them both. And then Danny has ever since just hated Daniel Tice.
0: No, oh, Jack, I've always just secretly hated Daniel Tice. But this, this is where the conversation starts. This is when the moment I right. snapped. Jack Jack got mad. Jack, I, I tweeted, Daniel Tice stinks, get him off the floor. And Jack was like, you watch two possessions, you think this? No, I've always thought Daniel Tice stinks. When it was Aaron Baines, Tice, anytime I saw Tice touch the floor, I was mad. Mm-hmm. I was angry. He makes me upset. I don't know what it is. I just don't like him. Mm-hmm. He's a good player, man. I don't, I don't get it. I never said he was a bad player. He's yes, you just did. You not did not say he stinks. <laughs> well, he <laughs> stinks. But he stinks. But, like, I don't think he's a bad basketball player. Like, obviously, he's in the NBA. Like, he's not shit. Like, but I don't know. I'm the basketball mind here. I'm telling you what it is. When yeah. the Celtics trade Daniel Tice, watch the run. Watch the run. I don't think the Celtics are going to trade Daniel Tice, Danny. I hate to break it to you. You don't know nothing. <laughs> you know what we have in common? The name. The name and the basketball IQ. Yeah. He gets it, he'll understand. All right. So you said you wanted to bring up Tatum and Brown, too. You have, you have, you got to rip into them as well? Well, I mean, I could. But I I have more of a question for you two and for Celtics Nation as a whole. Are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum the duo you want to ride with for the future? Yes. Yes. Let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. Do you think they have the chemistry necessary and complement each other enough that they could be a long-term successful duo? Or do you think maybe... Not trade one, but definitely feel out the market for one, whether it's Brown or Tatum. A lot of people will probably say Brown there, but I'm just – I'm asking the questions. I feel like a lot of fans are not af- – are afraid to ask these questions.
2: Right well, now, it's ugly, but uh I'll, I'll let you go first, Sam. Yeah. OK. All right. Yeah. I mean they've definitely struggled lately, right? That's a good question. Um Going forward, I think they're only going to get better. These guys – Brown, four years in the league, Tatum, three. They both been to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times. Brown, three times, Tatum, twice. Um, if I was to, to answer your question, if I was to shop one of them, it would probably be Tatum, just because I think he has more value than Brown, and people really like him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think something I forget is how young he is as well, even though it's like the most hammered home thing for Celtics (laughs) fans is how young Tatum is. I literally forget. I'm like, well, he is only 22 and he is going to get better. So even though he's been struggling lately, whether that's because of COVID or not, whether that's just something they use as an excuse, which I don't think they did, but you never know. Um, Even even if he is suffering from COVID, I don't think he's making good decisions, which I don't think COVID impairs your decision-making. So... I think that's a little bit of an issue. He has some room to grow mentally. Um, he's had some nice comments in recent pressers where I've been like, all right, he's a little bit more responsible. He's accepting responsibility where I wasn't hearing a lot of that from him. Brown had been taking responsibility. So I was more confident in Brown's character. But I think I think we're on the same page. And uh, my uh, rage had blurred my judgment for a little while. Yeah, I tend
1: to agree with that. Tatum took – uh, accountability in one of his recent pressers but overall brown's definitely been the guy uh, who's kind of felt more like a leader you look at that hawks game and even the pacers game tatum steps off the floor and the offense immediately gets better and that's not what you want to see when you have a superstar like jason tatum on the team and to, um, i'm gonna go on this tangent don't get me wrong jason tatum's an amazing player i love him i think him and brown can be a championship duo. And I think they will be for the Celtics. But Tatum right now is a glorified Marcus Morris. That, that's just what he is right now. He gets the ball and he shoots the ball. And that's it. He doesn't hustle like you saw in that Pacers game. And obviously that's because of COVID. And you see these loose balls and you see Doug McDermott beating him to the ball. I just remember that one specific possession. He just looks off, and obviously, like I said, COVID's going to have some impact there. But like you said, Sam, that shouldn't impact your decision-making. He gets the ball, and he doesn't look to pass. He had one nice pass in the Indy game last night, but you look at the Hawks, you look at the Mavericks, you look at the Pelicans. He gets the ball, he shoots the ball. That's just what it is. He's a black hole, and like I said, a glorified Marcus Morris is what I'm getting
2: when I watch Jason Tatum play lately. Yeah, I I think... (sighs) I'm I'm interested to see how both him and Brown are after the all-star break because they've been without Marcus smart for a while now. Kemba Walker plays when it's not a back-to-back and they've been playing back-to-backs. These dudes have been having an extreme workload of off carrying the offense. They've got to be a little tired Tatum with the COVID Brown, just in general. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see what a little bit of time off does for him. I hope it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. They do look tired sometimes. I think, I think Tatum made some decent defensive plays yesterday. I didn't get to watch the game super super intently. I had it on the whole time, but I was doing other things at work. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think they've got a little bit of a chance to get some bounce back. I'm I'm intrigued to see how tomorrow's game against Washington goes. That's going to be a big sign for me because. What we've seen is they haven't been able to string wins together. It would be nice to see a couple wins in a row. Maybe maybe even win out, mess around and win out before the All-Star break. <laughs> That'd be nice.
0: Now, do you think there's a compatibility issue in play styles? I know Jack said Tatum comes off the floor right now and the offense gets better. Is that just Tatum's play style not fitting right now with Brown or Brown's play style not fitting with Tatum? What do you guys think there? I think right now, yeah.
1: Like I, I know there was this comment from a player that played the Celtics It was like, brown and tatum can't be the best two guys in the championship team because they only make themselves better and no one else around them which right now is kind of true brown's gotten a lot better at that making those passes and just moving the ball in general and we saw a flash of that from tatum last night with a couple nice passes but overall i feel like brown's doing a better job of like recognizing the fact that the celtics are terrible at passing the ball because they are they're still so so bad at passing the ball And Tatum's working on it, but it's going to be a slow thing. And once they both figure that out, then I think they will be able to win together
2: on the floor. I think um, Kemba is a big-time X factor for this team because Mm -hmm. we know he hasn't been consistent. Last night he was excellent, and it helped the team move the ball more because the ball was in his hands. It wasn't sticking with Tatum or Brown. Um, And I noticed when I was watching a lot of guys making the extra pass yesterday. There was a lot of extra passes happening, more than you would usually see. And it was amongst the role players. Um, Most notably, I think Robert Williams made a couple good extra passes. Even Jalen Brown made a couple. Not that he's a role player. (laughs) Jeff Teague actually had a decent game. Yeah. Imagine if he keeps that up, that'll be something. That that would be a big help, to be honest with you, because that's what they brought him in for. And he was he was solid in the preseason, good in the game against Milwaukee, opening night, and then after since then, like he comes on the floor, it's like, dude, why are, why is this guy getting minutes? Yeah. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, Tatum and Brown, I don't think it's them not being able to play together. I think or or Tatum not being able to make Brown better or have chemistry with Brown. I think Tatum struggles with not having. Any help on the floor. Because mm-hmm. we see a lot of Tatum and Friends lineups, and those lineups suck. Because mm-hmm. one, he's not someone that likes to move the ball, and two, he doesn't have the guys that would make him want to move the ball to them mm-hmm. a lot of the
0: time. Yeah, I'm sure he's not rushing the pass the Jeff Teague. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Not great. So Danny, let me ask you this. Obviously, Danny Ainge has a huge trade exception. Uh, a lot of noise around the league saying, okay, the Celtics need to make a move. Is there anybody around the league that you looked at and say, okay, get that guy on the Celtics?
0: There isn't anyone in specific. I was actually going to ask you guys this very similar question of who you thought the complimenting piece would be to Tatum and Brown if it's not Kemba. But like we do see Kemba does give us flashes of greatness and it's like last night, balled out, had a great game, Celtics played well. We do get those moments, but is so we need a pass-first guy. Now, this is crazy, but land. obviously there probably isn't a realistic trade for him. Chris Paul would be a great point guard for the Celtics. He's a pass-first yeah. point guard. It would take. And, I mean, like, just realistically, not going to happen. Trade. <laughs> it's just going to be a bitch to work out. Probably the trade machine would tell me to go fuck myself. Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, go it's, ahead. My parents
2: actually told, told me that we swear too much, <clears> or I do. Yeah, but
0: oh, go ahead. Well, it doesn't matter. I didn't realize I, I wasn't supposed to or was. I just nah. kind of let it slip. You're good, All You're right. good Danny. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving this in, too. Good, friend, be good friends of the program. Um, <laughs> but I think my one well, of my buddies brought this up to me. He was like, Chris Paul would be the perfect kind of fit. Or any of just those past 1st point guards in the league. Because I don't think we need another scorer. I think we need a facilitator. And Kemba can be a facilitator. He can't be a scorer. But I would rather instead of having that kind of a mixed blend, I would rather have one distinctive. Mm-hmm. I think you
1: either need playmaking or shooting or a little of both because realistically we talk about you know Brown and Tatum not having anybody to pass to and bringing in like a Rondo who I think was another idea that Sam likes. He's not mm-hmm. going to give you – I a actually saw a guy. Rondo article today from <laughs> someone that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not going to give you somebody that the Jays will want to pass to, realistically. Like, he can shoot a little, but he's not like that guy. So if you want to go the route of having the Jays be your ball handlers of the future, you get shooting, you get defense to put around them, give them guys to pass you to shoot. If you want the Jays to be not completely off-ball, but just the main scores and get a facilitator, you get a rondo, and then you get some other complementary pieces, and that's the that's the route um, I love Harrison Barnes and Evan Fournier and those type of guys. I think they'd be perfect. Um, I also like R- Rondo and the John Collins idea that package. I think it would work. It's just a matter of the price tag at
2: that point. Yeah. I'm not big on big prices. Yeah. I, my mom, my mom's uh, thrifty. We won't call her cheap. So am I.
0: <laughs> um doesn't buy hot dogs, that's for sure, folks.
2: <laughs> I actually, t- to interrupt, I went uh, last Saturday, Danny, I went out with my friends, oh. and my friend ordered hot dogs. I had to give him hell. Oh, man, <laughs> I said, I said I are you serious? Mistake. Around but, you? Uh, yeah, right next to me, right? <laughs> Sitting next to me. Can you disrespect. believe that? Fuck uh, the back to disrespect. Uh, the trade Sorry. prices, though. Um, I don't want to have to give up Marcus Smart. Uh, As you've seen since he went out, he's important to the team. He is someone that is somewhat of a capable shooter. His percentages will tell you that he is. Everybody's hearts, not including mine, I don't think Jack's anymore, will tell you that he's not. Um, And he plays defense, which makes things easier on the other guys. Mm -hmm. And he's a decent facilitator. People don't talk about that enough. He's pretty good with the ball. Very good. Um, I think you do. If you're going to bring in a playmaker, I think Rondo's your guy. He played really well for Atlanta. He got Gallinari and other guys wide open looks. He knows the right pass to make all the time. Uh, if you're going to go a scorer, which I think is also important because they don't really have a fourth scoring option, which you, or secondary scoring option. Because if you have got like let's say a Fournier or even a Terrence Ross you make it so the Tatum and Friends lineup is Tatum, someone else, and Friends. You know, It's not just Tatum. He has a little bit of a safety valve. That's why I think Kemba and Brown are playing so much more consistently because they're not getting left out on an island like Tatum is. Mm-hmm. Despite Tatum's inability to score on his own, at least as of late, um, Kemba and Brown are usually on the floor together. They always have a little bit of help. Tatum does mm-hmm. not. Yeah, and
1: we've seen more of the Brown and Friends lineup a little bit lately, and I will say it looks a little better than the Tatum and Friends lineup. But regardless, that's not really fair to those guys to leave them on the floor without anybody. Uh, Other pass-first guys or playmaking guys around the league, Lonzo Ball has come up a lot. I feel like he'd be solid on the Celtics. Ricky Rubio in Minnesota. I'm just like thinking of pass-first Lonzo
0: gets a bad name. I like Lonzo. Yeah, we both like Lonzo. Mm-hmm. I love Lonzo Ball. I, mean, I just think kid balls. He's he, I like Levar
2: too. I don't think I think people don't like Levar for no reason. Yeah. I think he's a really good dad. Leave him alone.
0: He <laughs> I mean, yeah. just wants to see his kids. He's a win content machine.
2: I love that for him. Yeah, realistically, yeah. Um, I had something else I wanted to bring up. Well, you think? Um, so we talked about Rondo. The reason why I am so in on that is because. Not only is he a good playmaker, I, one, like that he would have the ball a lot of the time. Because, one, he's going to make the right decision. Two, that's less Tatum isos. And three, I think both of those guys, Tatum and Brown, are excellent off the catch and shoot. So that's a lot more easier looks for those guys. They don't have to work as hard to make their own shot. Two, he's got a switch that he flips. When the mm-hmm. playoffs come, if they had him on their team last year, they make the finals, might even mess around and win. Mm-hmm. All right, they shouldn't have lost to Miami. Watching them break the zone these last couple of weeks with the high low is killing me because that's why they lost. And I don't know why they couldn't figure that out. I knew that. I, I'm not an NBA coach. I'm an eye test guy, just like you, Danny. I'm not a statistics <laughs> analytics guy.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, even I know simple. if you're playing against zone, it's the high low. High low ball move. I learned that, that in that real do. basketball. I learned it in <laughs> real basketball. <laughs> yeah. When, when I'm balling out, they see me. They say, he's hitting too many threes. We can't play man on him. He's going to break my ankles. we got to play zone. And yeah, I'm sure. Lastly, <laughs> every time number three, that switch that he flips
2: includes defense. You're mm-hmm. going to have somebody that's a pest chasing around shooters or guarding the ball handler, maybe not the best player anymore, but maybe the point guard. It's going to make it hard on him, man. I don't think well, – oh, I don't know. Didn't watch the finals last year. But I can't imagine he made things easy for Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. No, right? No, I want
1: I want all the Celtics back. I want Horford back. I want Rondo back. I want Crowder back. Uh, I want them all back on the Celtics. You know, bring Bradley back. Rozier, Kelly Hel- Olynyk. Hell, bring Kelly Olinick back. Yeah,
2: I mean, realistically, just bring every old Celtics back and they win a championship. Well, the so reason man, Rondo is the one that keeps getting talked about is he he has the most uh reasonable price. Probably he's not yeah. going to be someone that's going to be expensive if they go after him. Mm-hmm. You know, Horford. The the thing that sucks about him is his contract's big. Um, mm-hmm and you'll probably have to, you know, eat it. So, but she you said, Crowder, he's probably not available. Bradley, he won't be able to wear the same number. That pisses me off. Terry Rozier won't be able to wear the same number. That pisses me off, even though he would be good to have back because he's really <laughs> balling out. He's balling. He's averaging like 30 this month or something ridiculous. So That's disgusting.
0: <laughs> and one, I two, wasn't a Terry Rozier guy. I thought yeah. he was way overrated, but, yeah.
1: I mean, could he, he can play. He can play. He's balling. I remember what I wanted to say. Uh, the Marcus Martin pack, you look at the guys that have killed the Celtics over the last st- stretch, you know, Luca, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, all guys Marcus would be guarding without a doubt in my mind. So Very having cool. him back not only brings you that extra shooting, the extra scoring, which they desperately need right now, but it gives you an extra stopper on the defensive end where they've also been underratedly bad as of late. So Marcus coming back is going to help, I think, a lot more than people give it credit for. It's not the solution, but it's definitely, definitely going to help patch up a few holes.
0: Danny, what what are the thoughts you got on the Celtics? Uh, Any I'm other looking, players you hate? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm looking up some real fast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some stats. I'm curious on some stats, actually. All right, what are you looking up? I want to know about Celtics points in the paint in the past like ten game stretch. Probably not great. Realistically, it's probably pretty bad. Speaking of points in
2: the paint, Tatum does not finish strong enough around the rim. Yeah, he doesn't go aggressively right. enough, and he never uses his left hand. I noticed it the other day. When they were when they were getting shit on by Atlanta, literally he drives and he tries to sneak his right hand up on the left side every time. And it's just like – it doesn't work. You yeah. have to use your left to protect the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Danny. not something he's going to instantly start doing, but he's going to work on it for sure yeah. if he wants to be elite for years to come. I agree. Danny, can you find it or do you want me to go look for
0: it? Um, so over the year, mm-hmm. Boston is 20th in points in the paint. Yep. Makes sense. Forty five point eight points. Yeah, it's not great. They don't drive enough. They're they're good at
1: three point shooting, but they don't they don't pass enough (laughs) to get enough good looks. It's just a lot of
2: you know, isos and mid ranges and stuff like that. So, which makes it tough in the fourth. Yeah. Because let's let's take a trip in the time machine, right? So Isaiah Thomas, back in his day, he's Mr. Fourth Quarter, right? But he's not killing teams by creating shots in the mid-range he's not he, he would make threes but that wasn't his game he's getting to the basket and getting good shots from himself every possession no one can stop him Tatum Brown or at least Tatum isn't doing that Brown will sometimes be able to get himself to the basket and get a strong finish when Tatum goes in it's just like he he doesn't belong in there sometimes and it's not because he's not strong enough I just think his mindset isn't there he's just not going up strong per se mm-hmm.
0: and I think that's the that's kind of where I was going with with them not complimenting each other. They're both the same style of player almost. Mm-hmm. They both don't want to drive in. They want to kind of play that iso ball. They don't want to move the ball. So I, like, I'm like i seriously considering, like, should we trade one of them? As, as a casual Celtics fan, I know it's early. I know it's early to say, like, guys, let's sell this young guy high. Let's sell him high. He'll be one of the best players in the league one day. But, like, let's sell on him now but I'm worried about the compatibility and play style long-term because I think they're good enough to win games, get you in the playoffs, win a few rounds, but are they good enough to win a championship?
1: Realistically? Yes. I think they need, yeah, yeah, they are. But I think they need (laughs) to get a little better at passing. Now this is going to sound like kind of a, an absurd comparison, but you've seen teams before win without like a pass first guy, right? Like obviously you have decent playmakers, but, like, I mean, Jordan and Pippen weren't pass-first guys in the slightest. Pippen could pass, but he wasn't a pass-first guy, right? LeBron and D. Wade, like, Heat LeBron right, you have, wasn't a pass
0: you, you have the GOAT there, though. Exactly. No, exactly, yeah. No, not, Jordan, not Jordan. Steve Kerr. Okay, shut the fuck up. Steve um, Kerr uh, Championships?
1: Yes. He, 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 was. Was, he was. He was there for the latter half of them, yeah. But, um, By no, him. yeah, you, you've had it teams before win with two guys who weren't necessarily pass first or like looking to play make and it worked. So I think, well, Br- Tatum and Brown aren't obviously Jordan and LeBron or whatever. Like, I think they can do it realistically. Um, but Um Let's live in this fantasy land for a second. You're trading Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. What are you looking like? What packages around the league would you look at and say, okay, that's not bad. Uh, and I'm looking at you, Sam, because I know you hate trades. So if you're trading one of them, and, like, realistic,
2: like, options around the league, what are you looking at and say, okay, that's decent value? I'm not trading Brown. Okay. Because okay? I just don't think it makes any sense to do so. I think if if you really want to trade somebody, which you shouldn't, because all the issues that we're complaining about are short-term yeah, things. this is mentioned the long-term. Okay. It's not going to be an issue in the long-term because they're only going to get better. Yes. And they've both proven that they're going to get better, especially Jalen Brown literally gets better at something every year. Tatum has improved – since his rookie year and he was good then. Mm-hmm. Um it's the fantasy So I'm I'm trading more. Tatum cuz he has the most value. Um maybe he gets you a young Gian- like this these are things that I would want. A Giannis, a Luka, literally somebody that is at the top of the up and coming uh class of stars. That is what you have to get. You don't right. want a declining player, even like a KD you really don't want. It's not good for your future. You don't want like a LeBron, even because he's a pain in the ass. But um, <laughs> let's let's think of somebody else. Um,
1: well, you have to think realistic too, because there's no I, shot.
0: They, I have trade. my trade. I have my trade. All right, let's hear it, and I can listen to Sam shit on it. I am sending him to Oklahoma City, and I am getting a boatload of their picks. I and, want all of them. I and, want all like all like their 18 whatever they have for the next like three years. I want them all. Give it to me. I also want Shea and Lou Dort. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm trading Tatum,
1: I need something back in return because we saw with Gordon Hayward, like you lose him for nothing, the team's exponentially worse. And that's not because obviously Gordon Hayward is a great playmaker and he made an impact, but you lose an all-star caliber player for nothing and your team is exponentially worse. That's just worse. That's math, right? So if I'm trading Tatum, I need a player to help Brown and Kemba win right now. And I need picks, and I need that youth, which is I don't know where you could find that in the NBA. Maybe the Pelicans like Tatum more than Ingram. You trade Ingr- trade him for Ingram, ball, and picks. Like, I would want Zion. Oh, no. Okay, so, so you're just a homer because that's ridiculous. They would never do that. What about no, trying to trade for like up. a John Morant? I, I don't think
0: they do that, though. A John Morant? No, I don't think Grizzlies would do that. Even for Tatum, though? Like, I'd say Tatum kind of gives him the same vibes. John Morant gives him. He gives him that young star. People love Tatum. We're really low on Tatum right now because
2: he's not playing well, but literally Tatum's value is really hijacked. That's why, like, I'm saying, like, I would want to trade him.
1: I know, but realistically, if if they're— If we had to pick. Yeah, of course. If they're trading for Tatum, they'd want to pair him with Zion or pair him with Ja for the future. They wouldn't just want to start the rebuild over around Tatum instead. They're looking to pair him with their star.
2: Well— that's why we say no. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but like, if you had like, if and this is why the Celtics would never trade Tatum because they would never get enough ba- value back for
0: what they're giving up. And now, a quick word from our sponsor, which is what just... about what about training for a guy like how How old is Zach Levine? No. Oh it... Can you? <laughs> how old him from the he... call? He's twenty-six. Okay, he's way older than I thought. He's, he's way son... older than I thought.
1: Sam just doesn't think Zach Levine is good at basketball, which I disagree with, but
0: I think Zach Levine's good. I think you I think can get too. some nice talent from Chicago. You yeah. get some picks.
1: If you're talking about a package, I don't think Chicago would be a terrible offer,
0: but Sam hates That's that. what I'm saying. I think Chicago would put together a good offer. Zach Chicago Levine. just such a great team with
2: Zach <laughs> Levine at the helm. They're not that bad this year, Sam. They're, They're
0: better just... than they thought they would be this year
1: yeah Zach Levine's having a monster season. I think he's
2: playing well. The heat are good now. I just pulled up standings. What the hell? yeah, the heat have won like seven over the last ten. They beat Utah <sighs> yesterday. It's fucked up. I don't like that at all. Utah like, convincingly
1: yesterday It's wild. The Bulls are only half a game behind the Celtics, by the way, yeah, but the Celtics are playing awful and they're under five hundred. <laughs> yeah, facts. The East is just very like mushed together right now. It's kind of wild, like. Anybody can make a run. Anybody can make the playoffs. How the Wizards might get into the playoffs after that shitty start they had.
2: but uh, I think uh, the second half of the season is going to tell us you're going to start to see a little bit of separation. I think teams are going to get their shit together a little bit here. I don't think it's going to be – I think the Celtics are going to get it together. I think we've seen little flashes of them getting it together. They don't have any back-to-backs over the next week. They're going to have Kemba for uh-huh. all of these games. It's a big week for the Celtics. They play four good teams. They play Washington – well – teams that have been playing well. Washington, (laughs) uh, Sunday, tomorrow, Clippers, Tuesday, Raptors, Thursday, All-Star break. Tough games. Those are four winnable games you've beaten all three of those teams already this year. Beat them again. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brad Stevens said
1: in a press conference earlier to go with your point, Sam. He goes, these next four games, or something along these lines, these next four games are going to tell us what the ceiling of this team is. Um, And so... We'll see if they
2: can you know, get it together. They and- they played much better team basketball against the Pacers. They looked like they were there. Kemba, let's talk about Kemba, okay? Because people are low on Kemba. There is no easy fix for this Kemba thing. And KJ mentioned this a little while back. I don't know if it was a pregame when we did the trade thing last week or on his podcast. Kemba's like a catch-22 man because when he's bad, you want to trade him, but he doesn't have value. When he's good, you don't want to trade him because he's back. But he does have value. So there is no easy fix to this Kemba thing Mm -hmm. because those are your options. Either you trade him for nothing or you don't want to trade him because he's good again. And I think he's getting a lot closer to being good again. Things we saw that he was struggling with when he first came back are not an issue. He's not getting blocked all the time anymore. He was getting blocked a whole lot when he first came back. He's slowly getting back up to speed. I think – It's very difficult to give up on Kemba right now. He just had a season high. He had a good finish to the Dallas game. He literally willed them back into that just to lose at the buzzer. But literally, Mm -hmm. they were dead in the water before he started trying – or not trying. But like he he said, let's go here. And I think he's realizing he needs to be a little bit more of a leader on this team. Mm -hmm. As good as Tatum Brown are, I think he's someone that can lead by example with his positive attitude, all of you getting my – all of you getting mad because he smiles all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's no. my favorite thing. And I mm-hmm. tweeted it yesterday and, like, people thought it was – people agreed with me, I guess. Dude, literally people are mad because he's smiling. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, be like a dick like Kyrie and, like, <laughs> mope and throw teammates under the bus? Like, what do you want from him? Because people, oh, yeah. people were on Kyrie for the same thing. If And I agree. They should have been. He's a prick. Um <laughs> But Kemba, Kemba is literally like the best guy, dude. Like, stop shitting on him. If you're listening, like, leave him alone. All right, if you don't think he's playing good basketball, fine, because it's true sometimes. (laughs) You cannot get on him about his attitude. He literally has the best attitude you could ask for. Mm -hmm. Is he Michael Jordan taking everything personally? Probably not. But he's someone out there that wants to compete, that wants to win, and he's not getting miserable or discouraged when he's not playing well. And the team's not playing well. That's what you need in a leader, okay? You don't need somebody that's going to complain and whine and say that the media is messing with what they're saying or um, – oh, my god. what it, What is it called when, like, you um, – like, you – you depi- not depict. Oh, my god. I Slander? Just, I ha- no, 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 no. It's like – when someone deciphering his actions, trying to figure out what he means analyzing. By that. Analyzing, there you go.
0: Decoding. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean we obviously all hated the Kyrie situation. Once Marcus comes back, I think that'll be an extra voice on the floor. Um realistically right now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as the leaders, it can work. It's not working right now. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why we saw them finally win a game once Kemba kind of stepped up and kicked their ass a little bit because I think that is what happened. Because um, Brown and Tatum didn't really have great games last night, realistically.
2: What, they had 15 for Brown, 13 for Tatum? Like, they didn't Brown play great. Brown didn't take a whole lot of shots, but <laughs> yeah, a lot less than he usually does, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Tatum took a lot of shots, just had an off night, mm-hmm. which is also fine. Guys have okay. off nights. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see how the Washington game goes tomorrow. That is my... It's a, it's a big deal tomorrow. This is a big game. It, if they win, it's back at 500, which is fucking sad. But it's where we are right now <laughs> as fans. Um, but we're going to see. Can they string together wins? That's important, man. They can string together losses. <laughs>
0: yeah, they can. They're good at that. They're very good at that.
2: It's now, I fun. have a
0: question. Mm-hmm. Brad, Steve- Brad Stevens, hot seat for the season if the Celtics fail to one, make the playoffs. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Or, no, 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 no. or they don't get out of the first round. Do we have to rethink Brad Stevens? I respect mm-hmm. Brad as a coach. Brad is one of the top coaches in the NBA. But the question has to be asked if he's failing with the talent, what are you going to do? <clears throat> um, a, on a personal like belief level, I don't think it's –
1: all his fault, um and I don't think he should be fired. B. The owner of the Celtics has come out and said we're not firing Danny or Brad. We're sticking with our guys. And C. Jason Tatum has come out and said um, anybody blaming Brad is an idiot. So on all three I'm of those not, levels, I'm not blaming. No, Brad. I know, I know. I, I'm really? saying you you have He's to ask asking a question. No, yeah, the that's coach
0: about- fails at bringing the talent to the level they should be at. Yeah, because they basically shown what the they should be at is around the conference finals probably give or take a round. They probably could make it to the finals, and they probably could win, and they probably could be knocked down in the second round against a good team. Mm -hmm. But losing in the first round with this level of talent, granted if everyone stays healthy with COVID, injuries, whatever, that's a massive failure, and you have to hold people accountable for when failures happen. Mm -hmm. And I know
1: Sam agrees with me, but I'm just going to say this first. I think coaching gets a terrible rep in the NBA. Um, I think it can make a huge impact you know example Tom Thibodeau New York like that's all like I'm giving a ton of that credit to Tom Thibodeau because he turned that team around it's a very similar team from last year he just put in a better game plan and they're winning games now but at the same time you look at you know Greg Popovich right now is he a bad coach because the Spurs have been mediocre the past few years no no they just have a mediocre basketball team you look at you know other teams. Eric's Bolster, right? The Heat have always been competitive. Those few years in between the LeBron and Jimmy Butler era, they, when they were mediocre fighting for the eight seed, did he get fired? No.
0: They were mediocre. They had a bad ter- no, roster. That's the thing. We don't have a mediocre team. I think we do. I agree with Danny. I, I do think the team that's largely similar
2: is bad. It's largely similar to the team that made the conference finals last year and should have made the finals. They lost Gordon Hayward, yes. They played so many games without Gordon Hayward and they made the playoff run without Gordon Hayward. It shouldn't have been that big of a problem to lose him. I understand he has value. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this team literally had so much practice playing without him that it shouldn't have been like a seismic shift. Yeah, there wasn't a reset. But one thing Danny you said uh, you know, the play like he doesn't get the potential out of the players not exactly what you said but it's the gist yeah like the guys are not performing to the top i would agree that it would be the coach's fault or could be the coach's fault if he was a new coach Mm -hmm. say say let's say like the raptors they fired dwayne casey and then nick nurse comes in and then they all of a sudden aren't as good then you can say okay that's the coach but literally brad is brad has a track record of getting the most out of guys that go somewhere else and aren't as good anymore avery bradley crowder Isaiah Thomas, even though he was injured, um, Aaron Baines, mm-hmm. even though he kind of got better in Phoenix. But Al Horford. a lot of that was because of the um, – Al Horford kind of – because of the work he was able to put him in the Celtics and develop a shot. Um, it's just – it's hard to pin it on the coach. And it's hard to be a coach when like the people you're telling what to do make more money than you. I think that's <laughs> kind of tough.
0: Mm-hmm. That is very tough because I know I'm a noted hockey guy. When hockey coaches are fired like that, like mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens, they went on a little bit of a cold streak. They started off hot. And they lost like a few games. Their coach, Sia, They lost to the worst team in the league. Yeah, they told the coach to kick rocks. They mm-hmm. don't care that he won a Stanley Cup. They don't care that he's brought the Bruins in the past to Stanley Cup. So they don't care about his history. They said, you're not getting it done right now. You've lost control in the locker room. You don't have that voice you once had. See ya. And I don't know if that's the case in basketball. I don't believe it is.
2: It's the case in basketball with loser franchises. Like the Knicks, they go through coaches. The Lakers, for a while, when they they weren't in the playoffs, they went through coaches. Um, Who else? Minnesota. Detroit. kind of go through coaches. Detroit goes through a lot of coaches. Chicago, right now. Chicago. Oh, my God. They had brutal coaching over a couple years there. Now they have uh, Billy Donovan, PC, alumni. Um, Yeah, man. Like. You see it when teams just are bad. They blame the coach, and it doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the time. Because there are guys that are good coaches, man. Kenny Atkinson is a good coach. He's not the coach anymore at Brooklyn, Um, which doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Cavs go through a lot of coaches, especially when LeBron's there.
1: I will say one thing that doesn't make sense, and that kind of segues into my point. With the good teams, coaching doesn't matter except they try to make it better. Realistically, right? Doc Rivers is a great coach. Mm -hmm. He parted ways, quote-unquote, with the Clippers last season. He got fired. Realistically, they said, okay, we're not going to resign you. Like, get out. So what? They went to Ty Lue. And Danny, who's David Blatt? Can you tell me who David
0: Blatt is? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were talking about that. Uh, I thought you said David Blaine. Uh, that was my no. first thought with David <laughs> Blatt, like the magician. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who David Blatt is. My dad is the Clippers coach.
1: Well, he was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers at the start of the season. They won a championship, and he got fired midway through the season. A season they won a championship for Tyron Lue. You can't tell me that that change from David Blatt to Tyron Lue made a difference other than, okay, maybe LeBron likes this guy a little better. That had nothing to do with them. That's the players not respecting well, the coach. Could. And you can't exactly. tell me that they don't respect Brad Stevens. I'm not it's saying hard, hard with a LeBron like team. Hey,
0: yeah. Everyone's expendable. I don't care if you're a coach on the LeBron team, you're winning games. The
2: coach is the most expendable guy all the time. That's a bad point. (laughs) Like that doesn't make – like I said, he makes less money than all the dudes. Like it doesn't matter. He doesn't go towards the salary cap. If the sellers wanted to cut like Jeff Teague, that's like dead cap they end up with if someone doesn't take it. Like that is – I think that's how it works. It's something like that. There's something where you can't just get rid of players. Coaches, it doesn't go towards the cap. That dude is literally the most expendable guy. You're not proving any point except for like – well, it, it, the only thing is it holds the players accountable if you fire the coach because then if they don't pick it up with a new coach, who is it? Is it really the coach or was it the players? Mm-hmm. But I think the coach isn't the guy that goes out there and plays. If the players aren't playing hard, it's not the coach's fault. If they're doing stupid shit in like – like they are now, the Celtics – but if Brad is trying to lead the horse to water and they're not drinking, it's not his fault, man. And I don't – that's not what you're saying. But there are people that truly believe that Brad Stevens is the problem, and it's just so, not true.
1: This whole belief that Brad isn't motivating them enough is bullshit. That's just like – I can't—I don't believe that for a single second, that Brad Stevens is, is in there saying, OK, good job, guys. Nice try. Like that? No, that doesn't fucking make any sense. He's led this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, what, three times now? In the span of his time, three times, three different teams, and he's missed the playoffs once since being in Boston. He's
2: underachieved in two of his let's see, let's see, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So, this is eighth season, he's underachieved twice. This year is one of them, and the season's not over yet, so it might not end up Mm -hmm. like that. One Mm -hmm. time, can you say, damn, you know, that team should have had more success than it did? Mm -hmm. It's just
1: he's getting all the blame but he never gets any of the credit ever
2: ever that's not true that's also that's not
0: but true. i mean that's just coaching that's that's universal every sport i yeah. mean besides football like we kind of sucked bill belichick's dick but we kind of got even shown that he got the ever. credit that 17-18 season
2: when yeah he hurt. was on the pedestal after yeah. they almost made the finals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people really people people get on him for that and i think mm-hmm. it's fair that's what happens to great players right people rip great players lebron michael michael jordan when he had his day he had haters uh kobe uh you know even tatum we're ripping tatum because we think he should be better should be <laughs> um, and he should be and that's why they get such a tough shake sometimes cuz we know that they are capable of more and it's not happening and i, I just don't think team success out of nowhere Is the fault of a coach, Mm -hmm. and And I think it's his fault that they're all of a sudden not playing well.
1: Yeah, and realistically, it's also tough because you don't really know what's happening in the locker rooms. Like we say, you know, maybe he is motivating them and they're just not listening. Maybe at the same time, he's not giving them the right plays because he thinks Brown and Tatum should just have the ball all the time, which is fair. But at some point, you got to go back to your roots, man. Like you said, Sam, he was on a pedestal because he ran all these great plays for Isaiah. He got Jay Crowder open looks back. This is I ranted about this on pregame the other night. On those Isaiah Thomas teams, no one gave a fuck who got the last shot. Even before the Isaiah Thomas era, Jay Crowder was hitting game winners, right? Evan Turner was hitting game winners. It was just – everybody was on the same level on those Isaiah teams. Obviously, Isaiah was an MVP candidate, but when they got to that team, when that year started, he was just another guy they traded for. And everyone was on the same respect level, right? This season, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are up here. Kemba Walker's here, and then the rest of the team is down here. And you see all these young guys deferring to Tatum and Brown – Sometimes you just got to say, "Okay, I don't care who you are. I'm open. Pass me the ball. And I forget if this was Tim or KJ who said it, but they need guys with balls to say that, with the balls to say that. Harrison Barnes comes in. You can't tell me. Sounds like a KJ take to me. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. You can't tell me Harrison Barnes is going to come in onto the Celtics, stand in the corner and just wait. He'll be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Pass me the ball. I'm open, right? Evan Fournier, he's not going to just let them do whatever they want. He's going to say, hey, pass me the goddamn ball. I'm open. Peyton Pritchard's not going to yell at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Aaron Neesmith isn't going to do that. You know, none, none of these guys are going to do that, and that's fair because they're so young. Brad did he play yesterday. Who? Neesmith. Did he play yesterday? He played a little bit. Yeah, he played in the second quarter. Is he all right? Um, it was mid. Javante Green got his minutes in the second half, so it couldn't have been that good. But um, Brad Stevens needs to run these plays. He just needs to check their ego. And maybe it's not him. Maybe he is trying this, and they're kind of just doing what they want. That's the that's the issue. You don't know what the dynamic is, and we'll never know because we're not in the locker room. But he needs to run these plays. Treat Jalen and Jason like they're Jay Crowder and Evan Turner, like every once in a while, and run plays. Because teams will I, – I think if I'm the Pacers or whoever the hell the Celtics are playing, if I see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just run ISO the whole game – I think I'm going to have a pretty good idea what they're going to do <laughs> the next possession. Like, they're just going to do the same shit. Like, they don't change it. Like, run some plays for Aaron Nesmith. Aaron Nesmith is on this team to shoot threes, right? Is anybody going to fight me on that?
2: Hasn't been doing a great job. To be mm-hmm. fair to the guys that don't want to give him the ball, he hasn't been the best. Yeah. But they're on. not.
1: They're not. Give, they're not running the plays for him to get the looks. It's just, when he does get the looks. It's either at the end of the shot clock or just you know off a pass. He has to scramble to get a look with the defender
2: yeah, closing. Out I that. agree. I think if they're running plays for him, it's easier. He has the mindset that he's going to shoot already. He knows he's supposed to shoot. Sometimes when you're a rookie. Uh, I say this with Marcus a lot, and I'll, I'll finish that part after I finish this. But, you know, he knows he's making the right decision to yeah. shoot because that's what's supposed to happen. With Marcus, I always say, like, at the end of the shot clock, he always, like, he must shoot a much better percentage when the clock's <laughs> about to expire because he knows he has to take the shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Now, I've, you're talking about dynamics. Is there any veteran kind of player that you could bring in? This team's young. Harrison oh. Barnes. Yeah, I think Harrison Barton's a perfect example. I mean, my brain, I know Vince Carter's out of the league, but I was like, they need just like a <laughs> Vince Carter esque like, guy, like someone that can just be like, here's how this needs to run. You need to do this. You need to do this. Pass the damn ball. They need an Andre Iguodala,
1: yeah. what was for the
0: Warriors. That's
1: what they
2: need. Exactly. So here's what I've got to say I don't think they necessarily need that as a player, maybe as an assistant coach. Uh, they have Evan Turner, but he was never, you know, an elite guy. He was great here. I think everyone liked him. I liked him. I'd imagine Jack liked him. They should make Kevin Garnett an assistant coach. He would literally <laughs> come in. He would yell at the guys. He would tell them what was up. He w- he doesn't hold back. I think that they need that. I don't know if he's not interested in that. I don't know if anyone in the organization has not thought of that. Maybe you know. It's a fan take for me to say that they know (laughs) dynamics as a basketball mind in the organization. You know, they know if that would work or not. But I think it makes sense to me. They need somebody to be completely real with them. If people are complaining that Brad Stevens isn't a motivator, that's not his style, man. He's got a whole coaching staff of people. Okay, there can be somebody on that staff that is that that guy. Mm -hmm. Kendrick Perkins was an assistant coach, I think, on the Cavs for a while. Mm-hmm. If, or he was just not playing. But it's basically the same thing. He was like an enforcer. Uh, <laughs> they need somebody like that. Even even if they just put Perk on the bench, man, get him off the broadcasts, even though I don't mind him. People don't like him sometimes. I think he's funny. I, I think he's like awkwardly funny because like he doesn't fit. So it's really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like him <laughs> trying to have a dynamic with Mike Garmin is so funny. Um, they need – I think Kevin Garnett would be an excellent bench coach for the Celtics. He would be on those guys.
0: I, yeah, just think I
1: feel like, need... I feel like he's not interested. No, no, I was just gonna say, I feel like Kevin Garnett just has no interest in coaching. I feel like that's part of it. Go ahead, Danny, though. Sorry.
0: I mean, I was gonna say, I was just gonna say, I think they just need something. Like, let's throw Shaq in there, offer Shaq oh. the bag to leave TNT. No, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, Shaq probably gets paid an insane amount of money to just sit there and 100%. talk about basketball. But they just need some veteran leadership, Some somebody to just be a leader. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm going to talk about hockey again, but like Zdeno Chara, that man was so influential and so much development in the Bruins because he just was that leader that just said, "Look, just do your job. Don't worry about the stage. Don't worry about the moment. Just do your job. Pass the ball. Make or pass the puck. Make smart plays. Pass the ball. So things will happen."
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think mean, that Chara thing is a good point. I'm sorry, Jack. No, you're. I want to make sure we don't move on. Uh, so Chara, captain of the Bruins for how long? T- let's see. You got there 2006, so like years. 14 years, exactly. something like that. Yeah, it was there, like there for a long time. While. I think it's time the Celtics brought back the captain tradition. Give Marcus the frigging captain. He's he's the captain amongst the fans. I think everybody just about agrees that he's that is their captain unofficially. I think they just need to like make that official. I think that makes a little bit of a change. Not that, I mean, I'm sure he's already a leader in the locker room already. But I think it's just a good dynamic to have. Uh, last captain was Rondo. I don't love that, to be honest. I don't <laughs> think he was the right guy to be a captain. But I think Marcus is. I think Marcus is an excellent leader. You saw him. He was on the bench in Dallas? Yeah. Or, a different, well, he was Hawks on the game. whole road trip. Was but he He maybe. was. He was. He was like, he's vocal on the side even if he's not playing they they missed that for sure go ahead jack sorry to uh, cut I, you off no before I started I <laughs> yep um, see that, that i feel bad now <laughs>
1: no no it, it wasn't anything important i was actually looking up marcus smarts uh late in the shot clock stats for you but uh, uh it's not great so i'm not gonna say it because we won't support your argument <laughs> um but yeah stats guys we're not stacking
0: guys we're just yeah, eye yeah, stats.
1: i got you i got you um no, yeah, the Celtics. Marcus Smart coming back will definitely give them some of that leadership that they're missing. Obviously, it's different on the bench and on the floor. Um, we saw a glimpse of it with Kemba Walker the other night against the Pacers. Uh, they just need vets. This is such a young team. I think it's even more inexperienced than last year, which is crazy. Maybe not when you account for you know Teague and
2: uh, Thompson, but not like they're giving you super confidence is a thing too. Yeah. Let's not forget, like like you mentioned, this is a young team, man. You're not always going to be confident out there. You see yourself lose three games in a row. You see shots stop going in. It it hurts. It's Mm -hmm. not easy. These guys are professional athletes. It's not me, right? So, I mean, obviously, they're more confident than me. They know they're in the league. But, like, literally, Mm -hmm. it's tough, man. You see that? You see yourself struggling. Tatum's been cold. Like, you think he, like, feels great right now every time he goes on the floor? Maybe. Maybe he does. I I doubt it. I think it gets to you a little bit, at least. It's got to be a little bit of doubt in your mind. It's got to. 100%. 100%. I think they get some confidence back, turn things around a little bit. I would not be surprised if this team like rips off a huge winning streak at some point. Let's hope so. <laughs>
0: okay, that'd be nice. It'd be nice to see. I mean, I agree. They're just poised for these streaks. Like they're they're going to lose a bunch of games. So I think when Marcus gets back after the All-Star break, I'll say this right now, Whatever the Celt- whoever the Celtics are playing – Whatever the spread is, I'm taking the Celtics. I'm taking the money line. I'm taking them on the spread. Give me the points. And hammer the Celtics.
2: <laughs> Danny, anytime you see them on the home at the Garden, home whites, the classic jerseys, put the house on it.
0: <laughs> ever since, ever since I started calling it before the game, three
2: yeah, zero. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do it more.
0: You also kept telling me to put the house on Liverpool and was look at them now. Well,
2: when I was telling you to put the house on, they're doing
0: good. Yeah, and
2: I haven't told you lately. I haven't told you lately. To put
0: the <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Different but, topic. Uh, different
2: topic. <laughs> with that, I don't
1: think there's anything else I wanted to bring up, uh, unless you guys have something you wanted to discuss. Okay. It's a solid time to wrap it. Danny, uh, I've said my pieces. I've asked
0: my questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. You know, uh, thank you guys for listening, Danny. Is there, thank you, Danny, for hopping on. Is there anything you want to say before we jump off here?
0: Um, follow me on Twitter at BannertownDanny. Danny. I'm the best basketball man in the world, people say. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Of course, of course. Thank you for joining us.
2: You guys can follow us at Bannertown USA. And uh, Sam, go ahead and wrap us up. All right. So thanks a whole lot for Danny he came on the show this week. Didn't think it was going to be a great time. It was it was a good time. I've got valid takes. Valid. He takes. does. He had good questions today. I really thought it was going to be him spewing bullshit. It was not. So thank you. <laughs> Give him I'm a an follow. He- man, best basketball brain in the business. Danny loves to bet. If you like betting, follow him. Listen to what are the odds. I'm not sure if the guys have been recording it lately because football season is over. But they love to give their picks. Follow his Twitter at BannertownDanny because it's pretty funny. Um, You can give Jack a follow at JackSimoneNBA. Follow Bannertown at BannertownUSA. Watch the pregame show. Uh, We do a pregame show every game, 30 minutes before the game. I'm not always there. Sometimes I have work. But Kim – Kim. Tim and KJ are there filling in. Usually one of them is the third man. The other one fills in. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Guy Boston Sports on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Watch our YouTube if you're listening. And if you're watching YouTube, then listen on Spotify. Um, We we enjoy the multimedia across multiple platforms. Uh, You can can read Tim's Clover disclosure if you like him from the pregame. CLNS... Jack and Tim, both putting in work there. Uh, you can go watch those guys do their shows. Um, KJ. KJ, good friend of the show, does Wicked Smart Guys podcast. Go give that a listen, too. And uh, within heckling distance, Danny joins us on there all the time, him and Liam. It's a fun show. It's on Locker Room app, usually live on someday. We we don't really know, man. We're really out of sync with our schedule. But it's on Spotify Wherever you're listening to us, it'll probably be there. Give that a check. Uh, Check that out as well. Uh, That's our show for today. Bye.